Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope all is well. It's faith. It's culture. It's politics. It's, uh, I don't know, it's a fast food buffet. It's anything you want it to be. We've got it uh, here today on the podcast, Steve Bannon. That's right, Steve Bannon. I'm sorry, can we, should we do that podcast intro over again? Because it's not Steve Bannon. It's Stephen K. Bannon. That's right. I mean, come on. You got to love the K. Uh, and I thought to myself when I was interviewing him for the podcast this week, I said, well, you know, the K, what is that? I mean, Stephen Kingsley? I mean, is it, is it Caden? Is it Carter? Is it Caleb? No, no, no. Kevin, Stephen K. Bannon on the podcast today. And once again, this is the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody, not David P. Brody. I don't do a middle initial. That middle initial reserved a certain for certain special folks, and uh, Steve Bannon, for sure, one of them. Of course, we know him as the chief executive officer of Trump's 2016 presidential bid. Of course, he went to the White House as the chief strategist in the Trump administration for a while. And today on the podcast, I venture to the Breitbart embassy. You know, I love that. It's like, you know, you got the Italian embassy, you got the Mexican embassy, the Breitbart embassy, uh, where th- there he is uh, in D.C. talking Bernie. And he says, hey, don't blow Bernie off. He's also talking about the deplorables, not just in America, but that's right, in China and Europe. Believe it or not, they have deplorables there, too. And he's going to explain all of this. Look, it's like talking to a walking encyclopedia. I got to tell you, I mean, this guy, oh, my gosh. I mean, I left there and I literally needed an Epsom salt bath. I mean, I was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, this, I mean, the knowledge spewing out of Stephen K. Bannon, uh, Bannon, extremely impressive. Can I get his name right? Of course I know his name. Uh, so, look, I mean, you know, Steve Bannon, as you know, he uh, started Breitbart. He's one of the, obviously, uh, founders of Breitbart. Uh, and also, uh, you know, he's come under some criticism. You know, everybody says he's a white nationalist. Oh, my gosh. He says, look, I'm not a white nationalist. I'm a nationalist. I'm an economic nationalist. Don't call me a white nationalist. Give me a break. Uh, but look, this is this an Irish Catholic guy. I mean, he's a uh, he's all about traditional values. He worked uh, he worked uh, or excuse me, he, he comes from a working class Irish Catholic family. He was pro Kennedy, pro Union Democrat. So, I mean, you, you get the idea of what he's all about. Uh, globalization. Yeah, uh, not a big fan, as you might imagine. Uh, the career really stellar. If you think about it, I mean, he has done every this is like where's Waldo. I mean, th- th- he's done everything under the sun. The other day we had Ben Carson on the on the podcast. And by the way, real good resume uh, by Ben Carson. Steve Bannon, another amazing career and resume. Uh, he was an officer in the U.S. Uh, Navy, seven years in the late 70s and early 80s. And then, uh, oh, I don't know, after that, he went ahead and uh, worked at Goldman Sachs as an investment banker. And then, you know what, I'll tell you what, never mind. I'm going to be an executive producer in Hollywood in the 90s. So he produced 18 films uh, then. And then, of course, he co-founded Breitbart News, um, 
And so, so he, had, he did that, and of course he went on to the White House. And nowadays, of course, he's supporting many uh, conservative political movements around the world, many populist movements around the world. So we're going to get into all of that with him on the podcast today. Once again, uh, just to confirm, not that I need to confirm it, but this is the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. You can download and subscribe. If, uh, please, do, do this for me, for my family, uh, for my ancestry, uh, for, for all my ancestors throughout the years. If you could subscribe, they would appreciate it. They're dead, but they'd appreciate it. Uh, go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, download and subscribe. Of course, uh, you can also download and subscribe to the other wonderful podcasts on justthenews.com. That's right. We're all one big happy family. Just thenews.com. John Solomon Reports podcast is there. Cheryl Atkinson podcast is there and mine as well. All right. Back in a moment with Steve Bannon. I want to see this is why I paused because I wanted to say the K and, and, and you know, it just comes naturally. Stephen K. Bannon. But now I got to say Steve Bannon. I don't know what I, look bottom line. Steve Bannon back in a moment talking Bernie. You know, it's shocking that your home can be stolen this easily. That's the brutal lesson Deborah learned when thieves found her home's title online, forged it, and literally took ownership of her home. In an instant, thieves legally owned Deborah's home. She got evicted and spent a fortune in legal fees trying to get it back. You know, the FBI calls home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, and you do not want to be next. That's why I urge you to protect the online title to your home with Home Title Lock. You know, the legal documents to our homes are kept online, where thieves hunt them. They forge the documents stating you sold your home. Then they borrow against your home and stick you with the payments. And no insurance or bank protects you. Home Title Lock does. You could already be a victim of title fraud and not know it. Find out. Register your home at HomeTitleLock.com and enter WATCH for one month of free protection. Again, enter WATCH for one month free at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our segment podcast with Steve Bannon. Went down to the Breitbart Embassy to talk to... Uh, Mr. Bannon, uh, what an interesting guy, Uh, and there's so much to discuss. We're we're breaking this podcast into two segments, but let's get to the first one right now. He's talking about Bernie Sanders. And look, I mean, here's some analysis for you. We got a couple of angry white guys, right? I mean, we got Donald Trump, you know, he's kind of, you know, angry populist. And then we have Bernie Sanders, angry populist. And it could be Bernie versus Trump. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, we'll see. Can an angry populist... Donald Trump be defeated by, wait for it, dot, 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 an angry populist. Uh, That's the question I posed to Steve Bannon, where he talks about uh, Bernie and beware of what you ask for, because a lot of folks want to see Trump take on Bernie, the socialist. And Steve Bannon says, hold on a moment. Let's think this through. Uh, Steve Bannon, good to see you again, sir. Great, great to see you, and thank you for coming into the uh, into the war room. I was about to say, this is a this is a pretty nice place you got here. Well, we stood this up. We've turned it now into a complete war room. Uh, we did it on impeachment, and now we've turned to we have War Room Twenty Twenty and War Room Pandemic. Yeah. So we have two websites going to uh, constant twenty four hour a day people here pulling stories, doing analysis, and then we have the uh, the shows in the morning, which are on cable, you know, podcast, uh, everything. So we do you know from ten to noon every day. We do it live, and then. 
throw it out throughout the world. Yeah, it's been very popular. I want to get to that in a yeah. moment. All right. So speaking about pandemic, how do you do my pitch? No, I love that, of course, and I I, I respect you more for it, quite frankly. <laughs> All right, uh, being a professional yourself. That, that's correct. Being a self a, a narcissistic yeah. professional myself. That's right. All right. So uh, pandemic now coronavirus, but let's talk about the Democrats pandemic yeah. here. Uh, mm-hmm. Bernie at the top of the ticket. Mm-hmm. You're, you, I mean, what in the world? I mean, what what does this mean for Trump? If Bernie is the nominee, I mean, are we in landslide territory electorally, at least potentially? Listen, I'm I'm always a worrier, so I, you know, what, what, there's more tears shed for answered prayers than for unanswered. So let's not let's not get too cocky. It's every day. This is going to be a mobilization election. They've got Michael Bloomberg's checkbook, which is going to be you know unlimited three, four, five billion dollars. Uh, we've got a president that's done, had, a, had a tremendous run and done a great job. But this is going to be the nastiest. You've already seen with the Russia situation, with the impeachment. Uh, your audience should understand that this is going to be, you know, 16, I said, was providential. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the nastiest, toughest election in American history. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be as nasty, as tough as 1860. And so Isn't I would right? tell, yeah, I would tell everybody just strap in. You see, I mean, here, and we'll get to the corona later, but mm-hmm. here, even mm-hmm. on the coronavirus, it's so politicized on the first day that President Trump is back from a historic trip to India. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He goes on a historic trip to India. It's almost crickets. The mainstream media didn't even want to cover it. The scale of it, the size of it, almost not covered by the mainstream media, which is historic. So since India was really in the non-aligned camp and really part of the Soviet Union's Orbit. We now have this huge relationship between Modi and Trump, not covered because they're attacking Trump right. every day on the purge. They're tracking him on still on the impeachment. They're still trying to call additional witnesses. So, my only point would be, um, we have to, you know, focus now. Bernie, look, and I think the poll came out today. Rasmussen's poll had Trump up for first time on Bernie, fifty forty three. Because right. up until now, if you go to real clear politics, there's been I think nine polls, and, and Trump is down. The president's down. An average, I think, of 4.9% to Bernie. Mm-hmm. So today's the first one because I think people are now, mm-hmm. and this shows you the laziness of the mainstream media. How could Bernie mm-hmm. go through a whole primary in 16, mm-hmm. and how can they get into eight months away for, from this and, and close to Super Tuesday? And the moderate Democrats are saying, hey, there's so much oppo in this guy to yeah. be disqualifying. There's now, so they're much gonna of, now they're going to vet him. Now they're now they're going to vet him. How do you vet him? <laughs> so, But remember, this is a mobilization election. Okay. Every vote counts. Uh, the key to this, like I think it was in 16, are evangelical Christians. Evangelical Christians have to have to register to vote. Uh, they have to get their fellow uh, evangelical Christians that support President Trump mm-hmm. uh, out to have to have engagement and have to get to the uh, to the polls. I don't think it's any longer that we can just bifurcate, uh, you know, my beliefs from from what I want to see because the direction of these two things is quite different. Well, let me ask you this: if a base election, right? It's always kind of like get out your base. So, so Trump, what Trump did in 2016, it wasn't just base. He, he was able to get others uh, to join him. Can Bernie, is Bernie in that same spot? I mean, does he have the potential in 2020 to do what Trump did in 2016 based on a different electorate or is it a smaller piece of the pie? Here's, what, here's why everybody's got to get engaged. Remember, in 16, we won because President Trump had a message to resonate, but it was mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think, you know, 70,000 votes or Sixty some thousand votes in, in in five counties in three states, mm-hmm. right? Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and that's because he took his message there. Was not afraid to, you know, go in and, and embrace and talk about working class issues with people who traditionally voted Democratic. Mm-hmm. But let's go to the uh, in Michigan specifically. I think we won by twelve thousand votes. Michael Moore always shows this. They're, they're down ticket. I think there were eighty or ninety thousand ballots in Michigan. The down ticket were straight Democrat mm-hmm. and were blank with president. Okay. Now, what this shows you is one of the reasons President Trump won. 
there were a number of African Americans and Hispanics, working class, that did not vote for, were not prepared to vote for President Trump, but did, would not vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, there were a lot of UAW um, union guys who are also NRA members mm -hmm. who just weren't prepared at the time to vote for Trump, but wouldn't vote for Clinton. And last is the Bernie bros. I think there's 10 or 15% of the Bernie movement were so turned off how it was stolen from them in 16 that they either stayed home or voted for Trump. That coalition, along with all the establishment Republicans, mm -hmm. the evangelical Christians, the populists, the nationalists, the Tea Party movement, that that we converged in a perfect storm to win. Mm. You know, And we drew an inside straight. So no one should get cocky about this. And in 18, if you go there, if you gross up the House races to mm -hmm. the national race, we lost 52 to 47 by 9 million votes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and that, that shows you the left. Because remember, the progressive left thinks about President Trump differently than the Republican establishment. Mm -hmm. The progressive left understand between what he's done in the courts and his deconstruction of the administrative state, mm -hmm. that he is going to be in their personal lives 10, 20, 30 years now, Donald Trump, orange man bad. And, and that, that, that it's a Kafkaesque nightmare for these people. That's why in 18, they did what we did the Tea Party in 2010. They went door to door. Mm -hmm. Voter registration, voter engagement, get out the vote. And that's why they had this massive mobilization. That is, I think, what we're looking at in, in, in 2020. The facts of the case, mm -hmm. the theory of the case is on our side. I think you see the results of American First National Security Policy. Mm -hmm. You see the results of President Trump's economic policy. You see the results of, of what he's done with the courts. You see what he's done with deregulation. Remember, when I say deconstruction administrative state, President Trump promised two regulations off the books for everyone going on. It's been eight to one heading to 10 to one. Mm. So he's totally deregulating a lot of the, lot of the uh, not the regulations we needed to run a ordered society, but kind of this overregulation nanny state mm -hmm. he got, he's getting people out of. So I think the, the facts are on our side. It's all about who shows up on election day. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think this is focused on. So I, you know, Bernie's got the ability to mobilize people. Now, I think as the American people get to know him more and particularly got to think, is this guy ready to be commander in chief? Mm -hmm. I, I think we could be in pretty good shape. Uh, let me ask you about the deep state a little bit, uh, you know, and everybody has a different meaning, I think, yeah. for deep state. But when you were there, look, there were moles everywhere. I mean, obviously. So then the question becomes, when, when you were there, why do you think this president was having maybe some issues at the beginning to kind of root out some of this stuff. Like what, what, what was the issue? Why couldn't that be, have done been done sooner rather than this process that we're seeing play out now? Or do you, do you not take that view? Well, first off, I think he's getting his sea legs, right? And at, mm. at first it was, he's a disrupt, he's a disruptive uh, candidate. Mm -hmm. His platform's disruptive. That's why I think he had this massive reaction from the establishment. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and obviously there were some number of Trumpers in there. Um, you know, there were people along the way that said, hey, we've got to get out some of these Obama detailees, some of these, you know, other people. Uh, I think the president, remember, the president is disruptive how he does things, but he's quite prudent about how he thinks about things. He moves, he's action-oriented. But this thing that Donald Trump's a, a wild man, I, at least from the evidence I've seen of being with him on both the campaign and in the White House, mm -hmm. you see this on whether it's the, the, the missile attack in Syria, or you see this on other military engagements, you see even when he's making economic policy. He doesn't, he doesn't go and take wild, he doesn't go down lines of work or lines of action without it really being thought through and mitigated. And I think at the time, you know, you had to see when you say, hey, it's all these people in here that eventually are going to, you know, are going to pull tricks or take umbrage with some of the stuff you're saying as commander in chief and then uh, play into uh, work with progressive Democrats 
uh, to impeach you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he wouldn't have believed that at the beginning. I was I was part of the group that was trying to sit there and say, hey, these guys right here, these detailees have got to go. Yeah. And here's the reason. It's not, and I'm not questioning their patriotism. Mm-hmm. I'm not questioning their service to the country. I'm right. not questioning their, it's just Donald Trump's America first national security policy is very different than we've had in the past. And what he what he's owed as commander in chief mm-hmm. is, and this AOC, if she was president, I realize some of your audience heads will blow up, but I'm not saying she will be. But I'm saying if an AOC or Bernie Sanders, they are commander in chief, right? And the way the Constitution works, they get the right to implement their national security policy. That's what Donald Trump's doing. And the Washington consensus really doesn't make a difference. He won against the Washington consensus. Remember, the Washington consensus was about managed decline. The Washington consensus was this whole concept of Thucydides' trap, right, which is China's the rising power, we're the declining power, and we have to kind of nudge China into how it's going to, how it's going to operate over the next 20 or 30 years. Well, that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. The American people understood it's wrong, and the American people, that's what they vote against. It's the reason Donald Trump is president is to reverse that managed decline, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what the Washington establishment is not prepared not to prepare to take. They're from the party of Davos. Mm-hmm. They are globalists. Mm-hmm. They see America as a declining power into a, a broader globalized system of which China is the key manufacturing engine that drives everything. And so mm-hmm. that has been not accepted. And this is mm-hmm. all pre-pandemic. I think the pandemic, the power of yeah. the pandemic, it puts in high relief mm-hmm. all these issues of globalization, all these issues of of our supply chains all being from China, the, everything even from drugs, 85% of our drugs are made there. It puts in high relief exactly what we've allowed to happen and really what I call mm-hmm. the true cost of the China price. Everybody's always talking about the China price. That's the lowest price you see at Walmart. That's lowest, well, you know, it, you, it, to be a real price, you got to have the full cost loaded into it, and mm-hmm. we haven't. We've, we've, we've dined off, and this is because of the Wall Street and the city of London elite, along with the global corporatists. Mm-hmm. They've shifted all the jobs over there. They had this, this, this very uh, sophisticated um, supply chain, the mm-hmm. railhead of which was in China. And we're going to see over the next coming weeks and months, I think, that the fallacy of just accepting that as it is and allowing all of our manufacturing, including manufacturing of our drugs, our masks, our consumables, as far as mm-hmm. medical supplies go, is going to come into high relief that that was a mistake. Uh, looking forward uh, to the Republican Party and what Trump has done to this party, how much has this party changed? And I, I don't mean just now. I'm talking about 2024 in the future. Is is this a blip? Is this is this a change in the Republican Party? And what do you think about 2024 as it relates to maybe some of these potential front runners for for that, like a Pence and a Nikki Haley and all that stuff? Well, I think it's, listen, I, I look, part of my work, and I, I've said this for years, I've worked in this thing for 10 years. Yeah. One of the things at Breitbart is that um, I thought that the country needed a, par- a party that represented working people and middle class people. You did. And their you said values that for a long country. time. That's what I'm a, I'm, I don't consider myself, I'm a Republican last. I'm a, I'm a populist nationalist traditionalist. <laughs> I also happen to be identified uh, with the Republican Party. Now, the Republican Party, to me, the voters in that party, and Rick Santorum says this all the time, it's a blue-collar middle-class party with blue-collar middle-class values, right? The values that are the backbone and the, and the foundation of this nation, right? And in that, now we have a misalignment. Mm-hmm. A lot of our donors and a lot of the donor class of corporatists don't exactly line up. That's why you see President Trump has these huge fights over things like tariffs. Mm-hmm. But we're now going to find out in this pandemic that 85% of our medicines are made in China, that all of the cons- medical consumables are made in China, that all the masks are made in China. His whole uh, his whole calling out of the, of the globalization project was mm-hmm. about this. The China price has a huge cost. Mm-hmm. And what it has is the people that know the price of everything, 
but the value of nothing. And when you think about the value, that gets back to the Judeo-Christian values that are the backbone of this nation. Mm -hmm. It's not that we're not inclusive. I, 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 I've worked on this Asian project for many, many decades. And many of my close friends are Tibetan Buddhists. They're Falun Gong. They're, they're Muslim Uyghurs. They're, yep. they're, they're, I, I'm, I just met with Cardinal Zen, this great living saint of the Catholic Church in Hong Kong. Uh, in, but in sort of the Catholic, my tradition, the Catholic tradition, but the underground house Christians, evangelicals are, I think, 100 million or more. Mm -hmm. There's many faith traditions. I work with all of them, but we're essentially a Judeo-Christian. We're part of a Judeo-Christian West. Mm -hmm. And uh, and not that we're not inclusive. We are. The one great thing about our society is that you can practice your faith. That's mm -hmm. one of the powers of the Judeo-Christian <laughs> faith, that if it, if it, that's your belief, then, then 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 that's your belief. And obviously some people are going to proselytize and try to convert people, and that's fine. That's what they, they should do. But it's, uh, it's to the individual whether they want to convert or not or want to keep their own faith tradition. So I think it's mm -hmm. we're going to get back to that simple thing. We know the price of everything, but what's the value of it? <laughs> people know the price, but they know the full cost and the value. And I think that we're coming to a time where the value of things mm -hmm. are going to be important. Hey, maybe it's not the cheapest price. But it's made here in the United States. It's made here in the United States for a reason, right? We have to get back, I think, to the 1950s. And and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and Margaret Hoover lit me up the other day on on I did fire. Yeah, when you say that. Well, she says, "Oh, you want to go back?" I said, "No." I said, "It's not." And she says, "That's so nostalgic." I said, "No." Listen, here's what here's what I want to go back to. What I came out of was a blue collar father that worked at the phone company mm -hmm. and a, and a full time mom that he had a job that had an income as a blue collar guy that had health benefits and that that five kids could go to Catholic school. And we didn't think we were poor. We were middle class. We got by fine, right? And But you had those values. And I see billionaires all the time. I deal with these guys all the time. I deal with their children. They're good people, but I deal with their children. And I understand that what the upbringing I had is the most valuable thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And that what we've got to get back to is a society that has an economy that has those value-added jobs. So that if women choose on their own thing that they want to, that their profession is going to be raising their kids, then hey, then we ought to have jobs out there that you can do that. And so that to me is not nostalgia. Mm -hmm. It's not some sort of fantasy. And I told, I told, I said, we've all talked that all this economy and all the jobs went over, all this stuff happened, mm -hmm. all the medical, like it's the second law of thermodynamics. Like there's something mm -hmm. in actual nature, right? A law of physics that makes that happen. It is not. This is all because of human agency. This was all done because of actions of man. Mm -hmm. And now one of the great awakenings we're having is working class people sitting there going, hey, I'm now starting to understand how the system works. Right. And all the I pay all the taxes mm -hmm. and my kids go fight all the wars. And I think that we ought to have representatives that represent my voice. What Donald Trump did more than anything else, mm -hmm. he said, not in the room, not in the deal. And what Donald Trump did for the first time is gave the deplorables a voice in the room and the biggest voice, and that's been the most fundamental change just in this country. And, he, and he's changed the part. And he's changed the party. Changed the party. Now I think that so many representatives are still tied to the donor class, etc. We're, we're going to have our own. They'll be working through this, you know, post President Trump's victory in, in 2020. I do think President Trump's going to win. I think I think mm -hmm. if properly managed. It could be a big victory. I also would tell people that the reaction to Bernie Sanders' Democratic Party, mm -hmm. don't believe the pun they've been wrong on everything. I called I called Bloomberg. <laughs> I called Bloomberg back in. I, I called the Bloomberg. He was going to come in in September of 2018. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hillary Clinton will come in and try to save you the Democratic Party. Don't assume that the reaction to Bernie Sanders, right, because they're seeing the math, too, and saying, hey, we don't know if Bernie can, can be Trump and is kind of hard as a Democratic socialist, right? Um, who's virtually anti-Israel, who's anti some right. of the tenets of our of our foreign policy, don't believe that Hillary Clinton's not in the wing. And also don't believe 
that if they get down to a brokered convention, remember, every exit poll shows you in Democrats that it's not policy, it's not personality. They have one thing. Two-thirds of Democrats are saying, orange man bad. Mm -hmm. In other words, anybody can beat Trump, I'm voting for. And mm -hmm. I don't care if he's a socialist, I don't care if he's a centrist, I don't care who he is, right? So I don't care if it's a woman, I don't care if it's a guy that's gay, I don't care. None of that matters. Right. What matters is that this guy can beat Trump. I think as they get to a convention, and it shows that Bernie, if Bernie's and he's still in the minority, he doesn't have the nomination, he's got this, even Michelle Obama can come in at the last second at the convention for a salvation of the Democratic Party. Tom Steyer said it last night. Mm -hmm. I think people are listening to this, and I've said it over and over again, but Steyer, I think, saying it was more powerful, is that the Democrats on on uh, Tuesday night, the third, will literally have the top two guys in their party will be a Democratic independent socialist from Vermont and a liberal Republican mayor of New York City. Right. And he's saying, hey, we're the Democrats in that. So I think you right. still we're still to see the fight for the Democratic Party. Well, because my contention all, all along, Bernie better win on that first ballot. In other words, he better have a majority of delegates. If he does not, in the wing. 100%. Michelle, potentially. You Michelle mentioned, I, heard Hillary, I heard Hillary in the <laughs> wing is what you said. <laughs> Hillary in the wing. Hitler, Could Hillary. you, Matt? You can't, you can't Matt. Come on. They, they, will do, they will do. Well, look, the first thing to say is, look, look, she got 63 million votes, and they learned the lesson of 18. This is why it's going to be hard fought. People shouldn't look at it. Yeah. Remember, one of the reasons we want is Trump's message resonated. The, the hipsters in Brooklyn dismissed us because we were so disorganized <laughs> and they thought Trump was a clown and they thought we were wasting our time. Remember, every day on Morning Joe, in fact, the candidate at the time would kind of, you know, ask me, they were mocking us for being in Michigan. They're mocking us for being in Wisconsin. They said Paul Ryan was on the ticket and they lost by, what, eight or nine points? Mm -hmm. They said, you're not going to win Wisconsin. What is he up in Pennsylvania for? They should be in states they, they have a shot to win. They better be in North Carolina, sure that up. They better be in Arizona, sure that up. Why are they in places they have no chance to win? Because Trump resonated and they blue were too collar. they were blue collar and they were too arrogant to see that that's also where the battleground will be but also in places like north carolina with the evangelicals remember mm -hmm. uh, going into election night the most the state i had the most concern about was north carolina mm. and it was mark meadows that told me 10 days before he says hey the evangelicals have been at work here we're gonna get the vote out you don't have to come back i go mark this one number he says don't come back we're gonna win this by over uh -huh. one and a half points i think we won it by one and a half two points total call by mark meadows because of the evangelicals going door to door that's the importance of this president trump resonated i think the democrats will turn to anybody that thinks they can save their party that's hillary clinton she's already last night here's the tell mm -hmm. last night on cbs on the on the debate CBS allowed something to happen that hadn't happened before. Number one, they allowed Bloomberg to buy all those ads. Yeah, what in the world? Well, that's very Whatever, unusual. That's no, it's very right. unusual. Most times you can, you can buy the adjacent time. Right. They don't allow you to buy that. But most importantly, the most important ad there was for Hillary Clinton's Hulu series. Hillary Clinton is waiting. She's getting the makeup on, getting the hair ready. <laughs> look, look, it's just me because I've worked in the Clinton Project for 10 years would I love to see a rematch? It'd be Ali Frazier, right? I would love to see a rematch of Crooked versus versus President Trump. The Thriller in Manila. The Thriller in Manila. That's exactly I what they're doing. But I got to tell you, do not rule out Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama, I don't think the Obamas have ever wanted to take on Trump. Because mm -hmm. a take on Trump, just like last night on that stage, there's no person on that stage is going to be a stand up against President Trump mm -hmm. on the debate stage and on the campaign trail. It's not going to happen. Bernie got rattled. Bernie was rattled by that audience. If he's rattled by that audience, you wait to see if Donald Trump's laying haymakers on you every second. So they're not ready for primetime, and they're not going to be ready for primetime. They're going to turn to either Hillary Clinton. Look, John Kerry's walking around saying, hey, I'm ready. <laughs> call me, boss. No, I think Hillary Clinton, and I think— To caucus on a tank. 
I think ultimately, and you're 100% right, and your audience starting to understand this. If Bernie does not win it on the first, I don't think right now, mathematically, right now, as I see it, he won't get he there. He can't get there right get, now. But I think he's going to argue that they're close enough. If they do it, the second ballot, all superdelegates, right. and that's when they're going to turn to. Michelle Obama and the Obamas have never wanted to tangle with Trump. But if you can go to them with Bloomberg, then you're within 90 days of the election, 100 days. If you can go to Bloomberg and say, I'll put an additional $2 billion into ground game. Thing. You don't have to fight a primary. We're coming to you to save the party. And remember, the faction of the Democratic Party, which is so Shakespearean and fascinating, mm -hmm. is that the Clintons and the Obamas are not close. Right? Those are the two people that own the Democratic Party, that control it. They're seeing right now a socialist independent, the Bernie Bros, who they hate. Mm -hmm. They Remember, they hate the Bernie Bros and the Bernie movement like the establishment hated the Trump movement. Right? It's, it's the populist movement on the left. So, the Shakespearean tragedy here. Well, oh, it's, it, well, well ha hey, my point is... Pull the get the get the TV on, get the popcorn heated. <laughs> Let's. I love seeing these. Listen, this is what they should have done when they lost in sixteen. They would not embrace mm. the reality of the defeat by not going. What they do, they, it had to be Russia. It had to be all these exogenous events. They wasted three years of pointing the finger at President Trump. Remember Pelosi's plan. That's why she won the House. She because she is a master political strategist. She looked at the field and said, "There's no way in this field going to beat this guy. Mm -hmm. What I have to do is go destroy him. So my mission is going to be destroy Trump, and then we'll figure out what person wins." So mm -hmm. she's gone down the path. What they didn't have was that frank, brutal conversation about what the party stands for, what direction we're going to go. They're fighting it out now in late February of 2020. That's why they're in disarray. That is Steve Bannon on The Pod's Honest Truth. All right, we're back with the second installment of our podcast interview with Steve Bannon, where he's talking about the deplorables around the world. It's like, we are the world, we are the deplorables. That's a great song. I should trademark that right now. Back in a moment with more Steve Bannon. All right, so picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about the crow's feet or those large under eye bags? Now imagine that they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery, just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It is the edge that you've been looking for. So you don't believe me? Well, guess what? I didn't either until I actually tried it. Now, I don't have to imagine anymore. I look like me, just 10 years younger. Simply put, I'm blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. And the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody will know you're using it. Of course, unless you tell them. So go to tryplexiderm.com, use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm, plus get ready, an additional $10 off. That's right. 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use code VOICES at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com, code VOICES. You have been a student of China for a very long time. You're going back, well, I won't say how many years. Yeah, it was 76. I went over as a naval. 76, 77, I went as a naval officer. I think 77 is the first year I went to Hong Kong, yeah. part of the 7th Fleet uh, on a destroyer, mm -hmm. uh, and spent my first tour in the South China Sea and in, in the East China Sea, and then came back a couple of years later and did a tour in China, around China, and went to the Persian Gulf 
during the hostage crisis. So back in the 70s, yeah. late 70s, I fell in love with China. The Chinese people, mm -hmm. and this is why I think people in the United States, two things that I think maybe your audience yeah. is not. Number one, there are 1.4 or 1.5 billion people in China. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's, it's what, 20% of the world's population uh, in a very uh, old civilization, 4,000 years old. Number one, there's only 90 million Chinese communists. There's the 1.4 billion people are ruled by a very small Chinese communist elite. That's of the Chinese communist elite, there's only a couple thousand people that matter. And really, it's 12 families from the original revolution of mm -hmm. Mao that are essentially, it's, the, it's a new, it's the, it's a, they're an imperial power. Mm -hmm. they're, they're a totally dynastic, a totally uh, dictatorship. Uh, as bad as Mussolini, as bad as the Nazis, as bad as the communists and in the, in the, the height in the Soviet Union, as bad as the military junta under Tojo. It, these are as bad actors. And they, you can't think it was a legitimate government. I mm -hmm. don't. I think it was another set of gangsters. Mm -hmm. The other thing people should understand. You mean the current regime? The current regime, absolutely. The Chinese she, but Trump has something that he's got to work with. Well, he, listen, that's different. The President of the United States, and I think, okay. he, this, I think he's where his, his statesmanship is coming, mm -hmm. both trying to cut deals with them and even in this crisis. I think his theory is that, hey, it, it helps better. It helps better to do uh, – it helps better to, to – um, to have these guys work with you mm -hmm. than, than, you know, to, to call them all kind of names that works against you, right? I happen to believe that the Chinese Communist Party will eventually fall, mm -hmm. and and I've dedicated a big part of my work. Uh, every day I broadcast two or three times a week into China through the VPN mm -hmm. to talk to the Chinese people. One of the reasons I do it is that, look, their estimates are there are 100 million uh, Christians in China. You know, as, as we've known now from the, from mm -hmm. the beginning of the Christian faith, that when the church is under persecution, it becomes smaller, but it becomes tougher, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Our church was born in a persecution. Remember, in the first century, in 63 AD, after Rome burned, Nero pointed to the Christians. And remember, Christianity caught on with the Gentiles more than it caught on back in Israel. Mm -hmm. St. Peter and St. Paul went there. But those, those years of decades, right, until the Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire, what, 300, 200 years later, what, 325 or 315? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, until that time, there were many times of intense persecution. The church actually grew at that time. The church, because we know as a persecuted church is a church that has a vibrancy to it. We know this from the Soviet Union, Eastern Europe. The, the great power of the Eastern Europe church, particularly in Catholicism, was that it became a, 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 a more hardened church. It became a more devout church. People understood they were persecuted and they could be executed for their religion. The persecution mm -hmm. of all religious groups in China, mm -hmm. whether it's the Uyghurs, the Muslim in Western China, yeah. the Tibetan Buddhists, I just had on pandemic, one of the leaders of the Free Tibet Movement. She's she's an American, but she's been a tied to the Tibetan Buddhists for 50 years. And she says, hey, what's happening to the Uyghurs, these concentration camps happened in Tibet. The Falun Gong, which is a Buddhist spiritual thing, suppressed. The underground, what they call the underground evangelical church, people estimate in China, it could be 80 to 100 million people. And, and the Catholic Church is 20 million people which just got sold out by the Vatican. My point is that there is a very, in a, in a totally atheistic society, mm -hmm. Per perpetrated by these atheistic devils at the top, mm -hmm. the Chinese Communist Party. And now we see today how they rely about everything. And this mm -hmm. is one of the reasons this pandemic is spreading. You're beginning to see and understand these faith traditions are deeply rooted, right? And are getting, are getting more deeply rooted. And so in, in the global Christian movement, in the global Christian church, one of the most robust churches we have mm -hmm. happens to be in China.
with the Chinese people. Remember, the Chinese people are the victims of the Communist Party. They're among, and the reason I fell in love with China is not just the physical scale of it and, and, the, and the mystery of it. and that, It was the people. The people are among the most decent, mm. hardworking people. They have a name for the common man there. They call them Old Hundred Names because it's basically a hundred last names. So Old Hundred That's Names is – but Old Hundred Names is the deplorables. They're the Chinese deplorables. Mm. They're just the working class that for thousands of years have always gotten the short end of the stick. Right, and they're not. And that's why Wuhan is so important. Where this virus came from, Wuhan is where the revolution in 1911 came from. Mm -hmm. Wuhan is considered the Pittsburgh or the Chicago of. It's on the Yangtze River in the heart of China. That's good contrast. Right, right. And, and, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 they've always looked for years at Nanking and Shanghai and Beijing mm -hmm. is all the high uppity ups that are always coming down and telling them what to do and taking their thing. And so that's why coming out of Wuhan is quite as symbolic to the Chinese people. And welcome back to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for more of our conversation with Steve Bannon. Have I told you he's a really smart guy? Yeah, like um, I'm thinking high 180s on the IQ. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know the IQ scale, but did I just go off the scale? Or, or maybe I'm not high enough. I don't know. I'll check it out. I'll Google it. But uh, look, he's smart. Uh, I don't know if you heard. And um, my head was like going to explode during this interview uh, just from like so much information. I mean, look, I'm, I'm used to like sitting at home on the couch and watching The Bachelor. Uh, and so and now I get this. I mean, so you can imagine uh, it was somewhat of a shock to my system. I watch PBS, but like I don't watch. I mean, I watch Call the Midwife. So, I mean, that's not much. All right. So now uh, Steve Bannon is going to talk about deplorables. And yeah, deplorables here in America, we know all about uh, them. Hillary clearly uh, doesn't know too much about them, though she thinks she does. Anyhow, sorry, that was a sidebar, a little comment there. Uh, but we're going to get into uh, deplorables in China and uh, in Europe. And he's going to take us through, I don't even know if we get into Chinese history here, but listen, we're going to go, we're going to start in China, and then we're going to go around the world from there. Here's Steve Bannon. And I want to be respectful of your time, because I yeah. do want to ask about, yeah. and here, here you go, try to answer this in a relatively yeah. short amount of time, Judeo-Christian values, the demise of what you've seen in this culture. Uh, Trump tapped into that with evangelicals, for sure. Uh, but beyond that, uh, your, your Catholic faith is very important to yeah. you, what you've been doing over in Europe. Well, here's so the, 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 the Judeo-Christian values. You're seeing it right now. Mm -hmm. You're seeing it as it plays out in this pandemic. Mm -hmm. In a crisis, people go back to their core values. What people are talking about is, hey, we have to get sorted here. we got to make sure the country's taken care of. But we're already talking about We're already sending over money in mass to China. There are many groups right now that are already sending it. It's always the United States and the West right that says how do we help mm -hmm. right how do we help that's back to the core values of the judeo-christian tradition mm -hmm. and i think is that's what makes that's what makes and that's why i think president trump today's press conference is show leadership you, you you know the the west has always been leaders and one of the reasons we're leaders is that we have a deep root in the in this faith tradition from 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 uh from you know jerusalem and in rome and athens and uh, and I think it's very powerful. And I see you see you see a demise of this. Mm -hmm. This is this goes along with what you know. President Trump is president because it was managed to climb by our elites. Hmm. The the elites and and this is why Brexit in 2016 are inextricably linked. The elites in Brussels or what I call the Party of Davos, that World Economic mm -hmm. Forum. What did they lose faith in? They lost faith in the underlying tenets of our civilization, the underlying tenets of the Judeo-Christian faith, right? The underlying tenets of what's made the West different, right? Mm -hmm. And they lost faith in that. And that's where they were comfortable with globalization. That's where they're comfortable with allowing the CCP to take such a big role in the world's economy. Mm -hmm. That, And they were comfortable with the managed decline of the West. Who was not comfortable with it was old hundred names in the West. 
the deplorables, whether those are working class people in Europe and in England, and that's why you had Brexit, and that's why you just had this big revolt that led to uh, that led to Boris Johnson and led to the demise of the Labour Party and really England leaving, mm -hmm. and that's why you've had this kind of revolt here in the United States. People, working class and middle class people, mm -hmm. understand that a country is more than an economy. They understand that the that the the country is more than just material things. Mm. That this country stands for something, right? We call it American exceptionalism. We say it's make America great again. But people understand that this country, as a as a as the kind of uh, the wilderness experiment in the Judeo Christian you know project, mm -hmm. right? Has 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 built up a toughness and a cussedness and a a grit that has led the world. And, and remember, the American people, that's why I call this the fourth great turning in American history. We've had the revolution, we've had the Civil War, we've had the Great Depression, World War II. It seems like every 80 to 100 years, mm -hmm. and they kind of track great awakenings, right? right? That every 80 to 100 years that, you know, the country comes to a crisis, right? A, a crisis of a revolution, a crisis of a civil war, a crisis of having a stand up against global fascism and where the economy was tanking. And now this, this great conflict is in front of us. And I think that that's why... I see another great awakening coming. I see people that daily, and, and, and I tell people all the time, if we do nothing but uh, go out and register uh, the Christian vote in, uh, in, in 2020, mm -hmm. and, we, and, and, and we go back and engage them about the meaning of politics and get them to the poll, that, uh, that, that, is, that, that that is the basis of President Trump's victory. Is the basis for me in, in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I think that the... Uh, that uh, that this Judeo-Christian civilization that we've been bequeathed, right? That that on Judgment Day you want to make sure, and at least that's what I've dedicated my life to doing this. I want to make sure that um, you know I'm not looking for justice. I'm looking for mercy on, mm, on, on Judgment Day. I'm looking for mercy, but I want to leave it all on the field. I want to make sure that I can say, hey, I did everything I possibly could. I worked as hard as I could. I made tons of mistakes, but hey, mm -hmm. and I threw it all in there because, and that's why I don't know if this election is the most important in American history. Here's what I do know. The country's at an inflection point, mm -hmm. and you can see this. The country's at an inflection point, and it's, it's in our hands. It's in our agency. There's no overall power that can take this away. There's no overall you know, seismic shift, these impersonal world powers. They're all out there. But this is not the second law of thermodynamics. It's not a natural law that we're up against. This is all human agency. And so if we bind together mm -hmm. and do the work, and, and the work is basic, it's mm -hmm. getting people out to vote, it's getting people listening to your show, but getting the word of your show out and to convince your fellow neighbors, mm -hmm. convince your relatives, to convince people, take it with a passion. If you do that, we're going to win in 2020 and, and the country's going to be fine. If we don't, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to go in a different direction. All right, so picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about the crow's feet or those large under eye bags? Now imagine that they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery, just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It is the edge that you've been looking for. So you don't believe me? Well, guess what? I didn't either until I actually tried it. Now, I don't have to imagine anymore. I look like me, just 10 years younger. Simply put, I'm blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. And the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody will know you're using it. Of course, unless you tell them. 
So go to TryPlexiderm.com, use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm, plus, get ready, an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use code VOICES at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com, code VOICES. Steve Bannon on the pod's honest truth. Uh, have you heard? He's on to something. The working class folks, uh, not just in America, but really all over the world, look, they're yearning for freedom. Uh, and, and it's more than just freedom. It's, it's, a, it's a way of life that the elites and the globalists and all that have said, yeah, bah humbug, we don't care, forget about it, we don't care about you. Uh, and Donald Trump clearly tapped into that. And, you know, it's interesting. He's a billionaire that speaks and talks and sometimes acts uh, like a cab driver. And, uh, you know, so he's related to the working class of this country, something Hillary could never do. Now, Bernie, on the other hand, uh, hey, he, he does also kind of sound a bit like a cab driver. The question for Bernie is, uh, can he get those uh, those progressives out in force? Yes, we see them at rallies, but let's remember a lot of them are young, millennials, even some Gen, Gen Zers in there, those 18 to 24-year-olds, 18 to 29-year-olds. So, you know, great, knock yourself out, go to a rally, have a piece of pizza, but can you actually get to the polls and mobilize, or are you going to sit home and play PlayStation 4? Once again, I don't even know if it's PlayStation 4. It could be 7 at this point. That's how old I am. I have no clue. All right. Uh, hey, look, appreciate Steve Bannon being on the podcast. More with Steve Bannon in part two where, oh, I, I just can't even begin to tell you what we're going to talk about on that. Uh, but but trust me, you're, you're going to love it. You're going to want to stay tuned. Once again, another episode in the books for the Pod's Honest Truth. Powerful as Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.